our second ever live event. We're excited. We want to know if you guys are excited. Make some noise. Let everybody in the back. Let everybody. <laughs> Dave Rubin. <laughs> Giuliani's in the house in the back. Yeah. Please help welcome some of our home team members, starting with the biz doc himself, Tom Ellsworth. And next, Miami's most eligible bachelor. Put your hands together right now for Adam Sosnick. <laughs> Hitting with a combination. I won't let nobody can rob me of my inspiration. And I'm last but in certainly not least, the reason why we are all here, the face of entrepreneurship, businessman, CEO of Valuetainment. The Assyrian Lion. Put your hands together right now for Patrick Patrick. But now the saga begun, never run, mama. Look what I become. I'm the I'm the one. Did you ever think yeah. you would make it? Did you ever think you would make it? How you feeling? All right. By the way, what a show we're going to have tonight. Talk about timing with what happened this week. And we got our guests here tonight to talk about what, what, what went on in, what is it, like uh, uh, 40 miles away from here. Something happened in New York. The indictment. We got two special guests here with us. One of them... Uh, has got billions of views online. Everybody loves this guy. He went from being an intern for John Stewart, comedian, intern, John Stewart, then all of a sudden to Ruben Report, okay, millions of subscribers. And then I think he holds a record, if I'm not mistaken. You know, usually when you move to Florida, it takes about 10 years for you to be called a Florida man. He loves Florida so much, he was able to do it in less than 12 months. Give it up to the one and only Dave Rubin. Hello. Yes, 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 yes. And then this next one. How many guys are from New York? Anybody from New York here? Yes or no? How many lived in New York? You were glad when this man cleaned up the streets in New York. Yes or no? How, how many would like to see the same kind of cleaning up happen a little bit in maybe a city like San Francisco? which we heard what happened, the tragic event that happened a day ago in San Francisco. Yep. Maybe in Chicago, which Chicago's leading in a lot of, uh, a lot of many different things, not, not, not any good stats they want to be leading in, or New York or some other places that's going on. Uh, this man uh, is called the American's Mayor's uh, Mayor. He has a lot of experience. I don't think, we were talking earlier at the House, I don't think there are a lot of people that have enough experience, as much experience as him to talk about the events that's taking place right now with the indictment and before, as a quick shout out to Andrew Tate, before there was a top G, the FBI used to give an award, and they used to call it the G-Man Honor, okay, which he got in 2015, a year before he decided to support this man. What's his name? His name is Donald, I think is what his name is, right? Donald J. Trump, President Donald J. Trump. So the original top G, Mayor Giuliani, give it up.
right, let's get this here. Let's get the show started. Oh, my God. We got so many different topics. Folks, if you're watching us from uh, around the world, welcome to the pod. We wish you were here with us in about a couple hours. When we're done with the live on YouTube, we're going to do some Q&A here, questions. You'll get a chance to ask the mayor and Dave a couple questions. And then afterwards, we'll go to the cigar lounge in the back. We'll do some pictures. We'll have some conversations. Rumor has it, this man here, not rumor has it, he is a big fan of cigars, so we're going to see what's going to happen with that. But we got a lot of things going on. Dave, some will say you're more part of uh, the governor's camp or you're more supportive of Governor Ron DeSantis, which is great. And you've spent more time with him. You've interviewed him multiple times. You've done a lot of different uh, events with him. He's a big supporter of you. You're a big supporter of him, which is fantastic. And Mayor, you've spent more time, I want to say, with President Donald J. Trump. So it's going to be good to get different perspectives from both of you guys. And then how many guys love Adam and, uh, and uh, BizDoc in here as well to see what perspective they're going to get. So let's get right into it. So open-ended question. When we're hearing the stories right now uh, uh, with... Some people saying what happened this week in New York, you know, some people from the MAGA crowd are saying this is the, they're, they're using the justice system to weaponize and go against the candidate to eliminate them. That's some people that are part of the MAGA camp that are saying this. Some on the Republican side are saying this is a full-blown distraction because they want to make sure that President Trump beats out DeSantis because he's going to win in the primaries, but they don't think he can win in the general election going up against Biden or whoever else may be, and then there's people on the left that are saying, no, this man is a criminal. This is the right thing to do. We have to go after him. Mayor Giuliani, what do you have to say about that? Well, I, I don't know that we can um, figure out all of the motivations of a group of people that, starting in about 2015, 2016, decided uh, they were going to destroy Donald Trump. So this is like chapter six or seven in the same book, which is let's frame Donald Trump. Let's get rid of him any way we can. It began with Russian collusion. Remember that? That was like three or four years. So we've concluded Russian collusion about as clearly as we can. And it's real simple. He was telling the truth and they were lying. Not only were they lying, they spent well over a million dollars to frame him, which means to try to put him in jail for something he didn't do. He had no, I was involved in his 2016 campaign as much as anyone, I was with him, almost night and day for about five months. I knew from the beginning that the Russian collusion charge was completely fictitious. I didn't know the rest of it, that Hillary paid for it, that it was made up in the Ukraine. The guy who wrote the Steele dossier hadn't been in the Soviet Union for 17 years. I mean, it was a ridiculous thing. But just think about it. All these people were involved in framing him to stop him. When that didn't work, they tried to execute him a coup, a, a coup, right? Get him out of office. And then we had the uh, phony Ukraine story. And uh, then, then we had um, the suppression of the hard drive. I was the one who got the hard drive from John Mac Isaacs as the last, per last person. I was the only person who would take it. He offered it to two or three Republican senators, to the FBI. The FBI buried it for a year and a half. Um, then we went through Jan January... The January 6th insurrection, the only insurrection ever attempted without a single firearm, uh, without any plans to take over the government, without any plans beforehand to do it, but they still call it an insurrection. And uh, nobody prosecuted for insurrection. Nobody even charged with insurrection. 
and they spent about $70 million on the investigation, and they're imprisoning people endlessly for basic trespass at worst. Um, there probably were more FBI agents involved than MAGA people inside the Capitol, if you ever get a chance to see the 40,000 hours of tape that they are suppressing. Uh, so this is just another attempt to destroy him with phony, completely phony allegations. Um, I don't know how well calculated it is, whether they want him to be the candidate. They don't want him to be. They want to destroy him. Anyway, they, if they can destroy him now, they'll destroy him now. If they can keep him out of the... I, I really don't think they particularly want him in the election for this reason. No matter how they calculate it, there's only one way he can become president. He's got to get the Republican nomination. So if you can deprive him of the Republican nomination, you can stop him from being president. They've got to be smart enough to know you can't calculate who you can beat and who you can't beat. So if they help him to get nominated, their worst nightmare could occur. The only way they can prevent their worst nightmare is to stop him, which is what they really want to do. A any Democrat that actually thinks, well, I want to nominate him, is a fool. Now, how many times, I mean, Jimmy Carter wanted to run against Ronald Reagan, and Ronald Reagan beat him in a, in a landslide. And Hillary wanted to run against Donald Trump. <laughs> we know what happened, right? So I don't, I don't buy that one. I do, I do buy the fact that they want to uh, stop him whenever and however they can. So you don't think it's that strategic to want to eliminate DeSantis as a candidate because on some polls it shows better when DeSantis goes against Biden that he can beat him, but Trump against Biden, he can't. That's what a lot of uh, polls well, are saying. I don't, I don't think right. Maybe, it'll, maybe it eventually will be that as we get closer to the yeah. election. It's too early to know. Who can beat whom? Well, no, we brought you here to tell us the. We want to know now. We're, we're greedy. We don't want to wait. Dave, what do you have to say about this? Well, first off, I'm regretting the amount of tequila I drank backstage. Um, I didn't realize there were actually going to be people here, so this changes everything. Salute. I, I don't have my tequila now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, look, on the, on the part, are they trying to get Trump, and is this all about the election? The answer, obviously, is yes. I should also say that I like Trump. I've interviewed Trump. I voted for Trump. I was living in L.A. when I voted for Trump, which cost me friends and, you know, community and, and that whole thing. I think he was by far the best president of my lifetime, uh, and I would gladly vote for him again in certain circumstances. Uh, relate, so, so there's no air between us, I would say. Uh, on, the, on how outrageous this situation is. And obviously, if the guy wasn't running for president right now, they would never, never be doing this. It's all about 24. It has nothing to do with 34 trumped-up charges that are out of the statute of limitations that, uh, that really are nonsensical things for the most part that now Stormy Daniels owes him money on and, and a whole bunch more. Uh, money. How does the prostitute end up owing you money is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. You must be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were so good. Let me pay God, you for it. Right? <laughs> you mind if I tell him that? He'll love that. And and did you see that line, Rudy? Trump would love that. And did you see in Trump's statement today, you know, he sends out these statements every day. He's sitting at Mar-a-Lago typing all day. He sends out this statement about Stormy Daniels. You know, she owes me 120 grand. And he goes, horse face Stormy Daniels. It's like, dude, you you hired her. Like, you know, come, come on. Allegedly, oh, Dave. Allegedly. Allegedly. Something, yeah, yeah. Um, and now he's doing a bad Yelp review. So. But all, all of that... 
all of that being said, in terms of in terms of the real direction of the country, and, and yeah, I've been in Florida for 15 months. I'm a, I'm a refugee from Los Angeles, from California. Uh, I, you know, I campaigned with Larry Elder to get rid of Gavin Newsom, who I think is in Florida today. Do you smell him? It's yeah. it's you can that that stench. You can get it from Sarasota right now. He's on the West Coast. Yeah, that's right. I got audited by the state three days after the election. So these, these are bad people that we're fighting. They really are. In terms of DeSantis and everything else, look what he has done to this state. I mean, he has turned Florida into the freest. Like, Pat, there's a reason you're here. There's a reason that every single one of your employees has huge smiles on their faces. The checks don't bounce and they live here in Florida. Like, it, it's all happening here. This is, it truly, it, it can't be overstated. Florida is the freest place in the entire world and it is because it's partly because of trump and setting up a lot of this stuff and florida has had you know an interesting population over the years but it's because desantis fought the machine better than anyone over these last couple of years and and beyond that i also think we just we need a, a shift we need it's not about age exactly but we, we're done i think being governed by 80 year olds we need a generational shift i think we need some gen x Dave, people Dave, just there's people that are close to that age in this room, Dave. You gotta have a little yes. bit of respect. Yes, I mean, and, and they seriously, they shouldn't. Watch your language. They shouldn't be president. No offense, my friend. I'm just saying. You know, we're, I think we just we need a shift. We need a, we need a shift right. of attitude. We need a shift of competency. You know, I think I think the things that we need right now are competency, the ability to communicate that, and a clear vision. And and personally, I think DeSantis is the best guy. The great thing about today is, you know, uh, you can choose to identify as whatever you want. Mayor can identify as a 42 year old. I mean, you can do that nowadays. So for the next two hours, which of the 47 genders do I pick? I I have trouble. You know, like. What's the 32nd gender? Or the 38th? I, had, I was on an airplane. It's called uh, Dylan Mulvaney. I was once, I was once with, a uh, with a lawyer who represents uh, one of the big transgender groups. He's just sitting next to me. And he recognized, and we, I, I said, explain it to me. Uh, two hours later, I was ready to jump out of the plane. <laughs> I, I mean, the things he was, I can't even remember. He was describing all these, we got down to about 22 genders. I think you know, like you become some of an, you can become some kind of animal, or I mean, it's completely insane. It's completely insane. Have you actually? Maybe seen he did have more tequila than me. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Willie, are you, uh, uh, Rudy? Are you are you willing to say publicly that there's only two genders, men and women? I don't know. I don't know. A woman. A, I can't define a woman. I want to be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> I don't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> yes, I'm going to say there were two genders. I even am willing to tell you how, to, how I would identify them, but I don't think I should. <clears throat> so, okay. By the way, that was a great question by a guy who has two cats. Tonight during dinner, all we talk about is the fact that Adam's a big cat guy, 
and he gave very good counsel oh, to no cattle wonder he owners. Me that question. So yeah. it's, it's starting to make a lot of wisdom tonight around cows. But anyways, let's go back to this. Let's go back to this. Let's go back to this. So strategy-wise, okay, Trump, DeSantis. So for you, uh, you're, you're thinking there's a part of this that there is weaponizing of the justice system oh, against the former 100%. president. 100%. Perfect. Then, then that, that, and that's, been, that's been a while. That goes back to when they fixed the Hillary Clinton case. Then I, then I have a question for you because I think you're partially responsible. And, and so here's where I'm going with this, and let's see what direction you're going to take this. So we pulled up five historical facts about weaponization of federal government. Of course, we can go back to McCarthyism, where they, you know, communism, they're going against that 40s, 50s. We all know about that one. Then you have the COINTELPRO from 1956 to 71. The FBI ran a covert operation known as COINTELPRO, which aimed to disrupt and discredit various political groups, including civil rights activists. This is the Malcolm X. This is the Martin Luther King. Then you have the war on drugs, 80s and 90s. They launched this. That led to a sharp increase in the number of people incarcerated for drug offenses. Then we have the Patriot Act. And prior to that, you know, we have the RICO, which, you know, the gentleman, Blakey, who was a, I think, Notre Dame professor in yes, 1970, yeah. he came up with that. And then you guys kind of found a way on how to go after the mob. And then, boom, you took down pretty much cleaned up the streets of New York with the mob. Everybody was trying to figure out a way to do it. You were the only one that ended up being successful. You got the Patriot Act in 2001 which the government passed this, which explained the government's ability to surveil and investigate suspected terrorists. Critics argue that the laws has been used to infringe on the civil liberties of innocent Americans, that it has been used to target individuals and organizations based on their political views rather than their actual links to terrorism. And then you have the Mueller investigation, which happened in 2017. So partially when you're doing this at the beginning, I'm assuming, this is purely uh, speculating, I'm assuming you're like, hey, guys, we got to take down the mob and clean up the streets of New York. we got to do it. No problem. Fantastic. How are we going to do it? This guy comes in from uh, Notre Dame. Let me tell you, this is one thing that we came up with, the racketeering, the RICO Act, all this other stuff. Let's do it. Then the government said, wow, what a great weapon to use against the people. And then that got stronger and more creative. And then some evil leaders got their hands on us saying, we can silence people. How awesome was this? So even though originally it was used to take the bad people out, now it's being used to hurt good and innocent people. How, going back, would you say partially the RICO, some of these things you guys did, do you regret any of it making it as strong as it ended up being that we're experiencing what we're experiencing today? Well, first of all, I don't know if all, all of them are related, the same thing. Uh, the difference between then and now is every one of those uh, began as a legitimate uh, uh, issue involving our national security, our safety. They weren't, uh, uh, nobody passed a Patriot Act to go after innocent people. I mean, this, what's going on right now, was designed for one purpose and one purpose alone for the ruling party to take out the opposition party. It had no legitimate purpose at all. The weaponization of the Justice Department was not to go after mafia guys, terrorists, people who kill you. The weaponization of the Justice Department was to destroy a, well, really any opposition to the, to the regime. Uh, 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 secondly, any, any law can be misused. There's, I mean, you can, you can misuse a, a minor misdemeanor <laughs> uh, and weaponize it for filing false entries in your books. Uh, so you're always subject to that. You're subject, the laws are there 
Uh, it's, it's like saying the Soviet Union had a constitution. Uh, the Red China has a constitution with more rights than our Bill of Rights, considerably more. But it doesn't mean anything. So I don't know that uh, I don't know that the government, even being excessive in pursuing bad guys, and uh, maybe even being a little bit overzealous in doing that, I don't think that leads to what is now uh, typical of a totalitarian regime, which is the ruling party using the criminal process to go after the opposition party. I think that's a totally different thing, and I think it developed in a, di in a different way. I think it developed because of the long-term influence of the Communist Party on the Democratic Party, and I think they've basically taken over. I think this is a well-thought-out plot that goes back at least 20 or 30 years to destroy our government. And I think that's why Soros is funding it. Uh, why does Soros pay for 40 or 50 DAs all over the country to basically destroy these cities? Because Soros wants our government to fall. He wants a one world government. He probably wants to run the one world government or, or at least be the head of the Department of the Treasury so he can steal uh, from it. And uh, so, no, I don't, re I don't regret the RICO sta uh, statute. I think the RICO statute it would be excellent to use, exa for example, against a Biden crime family. It would be pie exactly. The whole idea of the Racketeering Act is you just can't put them in jail. You've got to take their property away. Because if you just keep putting the mafia in jail, some other mafia guy comes along and takes over the $5 billion enterprise and it becomes $6 billion. And that was a recognition by Professor Blakey, who I knew very, very well, that the only way we're going to crush the mafia is to take their empire away. For example, one of the cases that isn't mentioned that I did was I took the uh, uh, Teamsters Union away from the mob, which meant taking Las Vegas away from the mob because they controlled Las Vegas to the central state's pension fund of the Teamsters Union. You thought it was a t central state's pension fund money. It was the mafia money that was being laundered for 30 years. Um, so, I, no, I don't, I don't regret it. Uh, what I do regret is the wrong people getting in government and then being able to use any of these laws. But, but, but we can't. But we, but we know the wrong people are eventually going to be in power, right? So you, certain policies could work for good people uh, because a good person may not abuse the power that they have, but you have to be thinking about policies to create that an evil guy doesn't come and say, I'm going to abuse my power. So, you know, it, it, I understand what you're saying. It was built for the good guy to, you know, find and catch the bad guy. Mm. But what if the bad guy is now the leader that's going after the good guy? So what could we have done differently? The only reason I'm asking this question is because we got now this FedNow app coming out. We got CBDC coming out. We got this Restrict Act coming out that they're saying, oh, we're going to take down TikTok. And Charlie Kirk made, made a very good point the other day, the fact that they're using this to say they want to silence Dave Rubin. Dave, we're sorry. We don't like the message you got. We got to go after him. Right. So the so only thing I'm asking is I'm not a lawyer. I didn't work in the New York mm -hmm. you know, district as an attorney. You've been around the block. For the next people, the next Giuliani, yeah. the next guy that's going to have that kind of a power, when they're writing these acts up, should they do it or don't even do it? Don't even go there. But if they do do it, what, what, how do you write it to make sure a bad guy cannot weaponize it? Bad guys can weaponize anything. They can weaponize the simplest law or a complex law. And you can't deprive yourself of laws that are going to protect you 
against murderers, uh, rapists, terrorists. You can't, uh, you can't pass a law that can't be uh, uh, misused by, by, a, by a bad guy if a bad guy gets into, into power. Uh, and this, this is not a question of the laws that we passed. It's a question of the people that we voted for, like uh, the people of Chicago. There's got to be something wrong with them voting for the person they voted for. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot. What, no, no, the new one. He's talking about Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, There's got to be something bad. wrong with them. They, they're brainwashed. Uh, this, this, is a, this is a development that happened within politics rather than within the, le- uh, the legal system. Because even if we didn't have these laws, and most of these laws weren't even used by the Democrats in weaponizing uh, the Justice Department. They're much simpler laws that they used, or they make things up. The, the, the indictment of Trump is a non-existent indictment. It's, a, it's null and void. It doesn't charge a crime. It, it, it charges a crime without explaining the crime, which would lead to the dismissal of any other indictment. The judge should have, dismissed, should have thrown it out as null and void. I don't know why his lawyers didn't get up and refuse to plead to it. If I represented him, he never would have pled to that indictment. I would have said, this is not an indictment. It says here, this was in pursuance of a crime. What would you like me to do? Guess which one of the 1,000 New York crimes it is? Would you give me a hint at least? What am I pleading to? If you read the indictment, you don't know what you're pleading to. He's pleading, if he pled guilty, you wouldn't know what you pled guilty to. So what are we, we can't do away with indictments. What we got to do is do away with corrupt district attorneys like Alvin Bragg. I mean, that's, that's the problem. Dave, what do you Pat, think? Well, let, let me add something to, to slightly defend the mayor from the time that he was in office and beforehand when he, was, uh, when he was dealing with the mafia and all of this stuff when these laws were put into place. You know, we used to have Democrats and Republicans that disagreed on, on certain issues, meaning taxation, certain things related to crime, certain things related to abortion, et cetera, et cetera. But there wasn't one party that in essence was solely existing to pretty much destroy America as we know it and become completely lawless and not know the difference between boys and girls and want neo-racism taught in the schools and not believe that jailing criminals is correct, et cetera, et cetera. We now have one party like that. So I think what's happening now, you got a guy like Alvin Bragg, who we were discussing at a dinner. The guy does not uh, charge you with a crime if you jump the turnstile in New York City. So think what you're doing. You're, you're doing two things when you do that. First off, you're incentivizing people for bad behavior, right? You're telling them, go ahead and jump the turnstile, do whatever you want. And you're also telling the law-abiding person in New York City, you're a sucker, man. You're paying your 250 or 275 whatever it is on the subway now, while, while these kids are just jumping over. They will not prosecute for prostitution. The craziest one that they will not pros- uh, prosecute for is, uh, is avoiding arrest. So you are allowed to literally fight the cop as he's trying to arrest you, and you will not be penalized for that. So I think what's happened here, there's a little asymmetry. Most of us, especially if you live in a free state, a law and order state <laughs> like Florida, where, by the way, we are now getting all of the good cops. You know that there were, I know that. There were thousands and thousands of incredible members of the New York Police Department who are now moving down here. DeSantis is giving them bonuses, and, and we're becoming stronger, and they're becoming weaker. The, the difference is that when you have one side that is completely unhinged related to law and reality, there is no law that you can set up that will not be abused. So there, I'm going chal- to still push back, if yeah. you're okay with that, guys. Yeah. And I want both of you guys to try to rip apart my argument, and I'm very comfortable with that. Okay, so you have kids, you have a family, you're doing estate planning, you're doing living trust, okay? 
and you would like to pass down your wealth to your kids, but you would like them to manage the wealth in a responsible way so it can go to your grandkids and great-grandkids and stay within the family, right? So when you study generational wealth and you go to Rothschild, you go to Rockefellers, you go to Vanderbilt, you go to Medici family, all of these guys, you will see Vanderbilt's were so flipping wealthy, but his living trust sucked. Yeah, I think he had like 11 kids. Within one generation or two, boom, all the money was gone. Medici's kept it in the family, I think seven generations. Rockefeller's kept it in the family, three generations. I believe, I believe the way we create the laws, we can say let's not vote bad people in here, but okay, can you be a great parent and have one of your kids that meets a teacher at UC Berkeley and flips them and all of a sudden they become a person that cannot agree with anything you're saying or your evil parent and all this other stuff. And if you give that guy the money, he's going to go give the money to us. So all I'm saying is we can't control evil people. We can't control people that get influenced to do dumb things. Okay, We cannot control it. Even great parents could have bad kids. All I'm saying is it's easy for us to put it all on Alvin Bragg's. But he was able to do this because certain things in the past, you can go and say, well, in this case, here's what it is. So guess what? The way they took this guy down, let's just go and target Donald Trump. The way they took this guy down, all I'm saying is, while we're going through a big decision right now with this restrict act, you're not going to be affected by it. You and I will be affected by it, but our kids will be affected by it because they're going to be the ones that's going to be using social media a lot longer than we are. Yeah. So we can sit here and be like, well, it's not really that. We just got to make sure we vote the right people in. If it's all about just voting the right people in, why are so many immigrants in America? Yeah. They escape that. I think there's a part of it. All I'm asking is, Mayor, from you, and I want to transition yeah, yeah, yeah. to another topic. What can we learn from the way we wrote these things up to not do it, do it again? Well, maybe I didn't, make it, I, didn't, I didn't point out this other part of it. I'm not saying there aren't very bad laws and that laws are passed that infringe uh, human rights, civil rights, are, are too intrusive, are, are unwise can actually be more easily abused. That all happens, and we shouldn't do that, now or before or later. I, I just don't think there's the connection between that and what you're saying. I don't think Alvin Bragg exists because, let's, let's say you believe that the Patriot Act was overzealous, intruded too much into uh, privacy, and it might very well, I might agree with you on some of that. Um, I don't think that's the reason where we are where we are today. I think independently we should fix it. And that's another problem that we have. And I think the Restrict Act, I think it would be a very bad law. And it would be a particularly bad law because our government has become more corrupt. Uh, so we would be in the hands of corrupt people. But it shouldn't even be in the hands of honest people. And I think the way we, like, I think the inheritance tax is inherently une inequitable, unfair, uh, anti-capitalism, uh, uh, anti-incentives to, to, to develop wealth, anti-human nature. One of the reasons you work hard is for your family. And then that's a contribution to everyone because you're working hard. Your main objective is your family, but you're helping society in doing that. And knowing that your wealth is going to get cut in half or more, that's going to change. It's going to change that. And then people are also going to look for ways to break the law. These intrusive laws lead to a lot of, like, if you have taxes that are too high, uh, people find ways to avoid it, and then people find ways to evade it. So I think, Patrick, there are two, dif I think there are two different problems that you're, t uh, you're, you're talking about. And I think the problem, that I think this problem emerges from our politics, 
or morality or lack thereof. Um, and I, I do think, and I know it sounds like it, this is a conspiracy theory that I'm asserting, but I am. It is a conspiracy. I think that China has a lot to do with it. I think China has corrupted many of these people who are involved in these uh, 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 unbelievably illegal applications of the law. If, uh, if Biden isn't corrupted by China, it would be totally ridiculous. The guy got 31 million plus dollars in the last six years from China. And he's taken actions for China that, o- that only could be taken by somebody that seems to favor China over the United States. He gives up an air base 400 miles from China. That's insane. In an era in which we may be in a, in a, in a war involving missiles and airplanes, being 400 miles from China is an unbelievable strategic advantage given away by our president for nothing in return. Ah, is it a coincidence that the man who did it, family got $31 million from China in the last six years? No, it's not a coincidence. You have to be ridiculous to think it's a coincidence. Uh, He uh, refuses to pursue China and the other cause of COVID. Uh, he refuses to, he told us that China, China really is a friend, ultimately a friend. He's never said a harsh word about China. And they're, they're, eating, they're, 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 they're uh, day by day, they're gaining an advantage over us. If they're not already having an advantage, it's going to take them to, what, to their goal of being the dominant nation on, on, on the earth by 2048. I think that they'll get there faster. Pat, if I, if I just add one other thing, you know, your question basically boils down to what do you do about unintended consequences? These people are trying to do things that are going to create law and order, good incentives for good citizens to do the right thing, but there are going to be bad actors. The libertarian part of me, I'm completely with you. You can't, you can't, create, legal, uh, you can't create laws that in essence are going to control people perfectly. Humans are imperfect. We can't create perfect systems. It's as simple as that. But I would also say that this is the best argument for federalism, for what's happening here in Florida. We, we can't, the federal government, I know this isn't a federal case, but we now have a, a party and half the country that does not believe in laws. They, they will do anything they can to accumulate power. I am not saying that the right and the conservatives and the Republicans are great, because they're, they're pretty crappy. I always say on my show, uh, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. That, that's my basic position. So it's not that they're, yeah, it's not, all right, all right, I'll take it. It's not that the other side is so great, but there is a basic sense. You know this. I mean, I watch your show enough when you bring on people on the right and people on the left. People on the right basically can agree to disagree. I have no doubt if we polled everyone in this crowd, the political opinions would be all over the room and people would want this tax and that law on abortion and all sorts of stuff. But there's a basic sense that we believe that the system is pretty good. We can work within it. Let's see if we can accomplish something. And on the other side, it's gone. So it's not a perfect answer. But I wonder, do you have a perfect answer to your question? Okay, so, because, so think about it this way. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't have a perfect I, I bring smarter people like you guys to make me smarter. <laughs> that's, that's how I live my life, right? Okay. Yeah. So, but if you look at Forbes magazine, at one point it was the best business magazine we all went to, right? Until 2021, International Woman of the Year was uh, Hillary Clinton, okay? So if you, you put her as International Woman, Business Woman of the Year is Hillary Clinton, I mean, it confuses the hell out of everybody. At least it was an actual woman. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know? This year could be Dylan, Give by the way. Give him credit, yeah. Allegedly. So, yeah. Allegedly. Sorry. So, Sorry. So, Sorry. so watch this. 
So watch this. B, BC4. Right, wouldn't that be funny if Hillary yeah. turns out not to be a woman? That would be like... The, <laughs> would you be shocked? That would just... Well, there's a lot of stories about shocked? that about Michelle Obama. Oh, uh, here we go. We would have to we'll turn... Let's stay here. Let's stay here. Let's stay here. We'd have to turn so, back so, the clock. So, have you Bill have you seen the so, lot of past? Yes, <laughs> Mr. Giuliani, I've seen so, the photo. So BC, I don't believe it, but I so, don't either. I so don't BC Forbes starts Forbes. Yeah. His son takes over Malcolm Forbes, takes it to the next level. Okay, he calls it the capitalist tool. Malcolm's son, Steve Forbes, takes it over, okay? 95% of Forbes today is owned by China. Don't you think if you're the guy that's like, if I'm selling Valuetainment one day that I'm going to die and my kids are going to take over, there's going to be bylaws. The only person that can buy this company ever is going to be XYZ or certain kind of things to protect from somebody from China buying Valuetainment. These are things that we have to learn from other people's mistakes. There's going to be bad kids. There's going to be bad grandkids. There's going to be somebody in the family that's going to be a divider. But if you have certain things in the rules, in the Constitution, in laws that we put that no matter how much the left and the right want to fight, this cannot be compromised. I'm just saying, can we look into something like that? But let's transition to another topic because we got a lot of the other topics to go through here. So DeSantis, uh, Trump, one of the conversations that's been coming up is – uh, the fact that, hey, uh, uh, Megyn Kelly came out the other day and said, hey, uh, Ron DeSantis, I'm not for Trump. Everyone knows Megyn Kelly is not somebody that's going around, you know, promoting Donald Trump. We all don't know what happened, what kind of questions. Yeah, she asked the I'm first right. question. We know this, right? Okay. She goes out and says, DeSantis is not going out there. He's hiding. You're afraid to come and be interviewed by me. You're doing a softball interview by Pierce Morgan, and we know Pierce Morgan is more for you than it is for Trump. Anyways, I don't need to get into it. So... Then the conversation becomes on NBC or some of these places, like, I'm not going to go do the interview unless you say you apologize for this or for that or for this. Is the strategy he's taken? He hasn't announced yet. You know, there's a lot of things you kind of educated us about Florida on some of the things which you can share with the audience. He hasn't, he hasn't announced yet. Do you think he's taking the right strategy right now, not going out there and doing a lot of interviews? Yeah. Dave, I'll go to you first. Well, first off, I just want to say, I, I don't work for the campaign. I've never been well, given a Dave's dime by the, the campaign. underground They're... campaign manager. Tell him the truth, Dave, so everybody knows. <laughs> I work for tequila. No, I've never, I've never, <laughs> I've never been given anything. Look, I, I, again, just to reiterate, the reason that I, that I support the guy the way I do is because I see what he has done to my life, and I, and I suspect that many of you, if you live in Florida, are feeling the exact same same thing. And I just see what's going on here uh, relative to a country right now that is upside down in so many ways. Uh, as for the strategy related to that, I mean, the truth is, I don't know if he's running. Let's go on the assumption he's running for the for the purpose of this conversation. There are some laws in the Florida uh, legislature that he can't, he would have to step down. I mean, he just won re-election by an unbelievable landslide. I mean, don't forget the guy, you know, four years ago, he only beat Andrew Gillum, who turned out to be a meth addict. He only beat him by 30,000 votes. That's how close Florida got to basically being Illinois or New York or, or California at this point, you know, once you factor in COVID. So that's one thing. So he'd have to figure out some of the legislative stuff, which, is, you know, they've got a supermajority here. I think that'll work itself out. I think the other part of this probably is, you know, if you're the guy that, that from where I sit, I think most people see as the most competent public leader that we have at this point. A guy who also, as I said before, the age thing, he's, I think he's about 45. You know, he's got three kids. He's a family man. He come, you know, all the, think of all the people over the last, you know, six years who would say, you know, I, I, I get Trump on the policy. I like the policies. It's working. The economy's cooking. Peace in the Middle East, all that stuff. I don't like the tweets and the attitude, right? That was the whole thing. I don't like the mean tweets. 
Well, congratulations. You, you got it with this guy. So the point is, I think he can bring over the independents. I think he can bring over the disaffected liberals like me, like this guy, uh, like probably some people in this crowd. He proved it here because he went from 30,000 votes to winning by about 1.6 million votes. So I think he's the crossover guy. And But just to very clearly answer your question in terms of uh, timing, you know, it's nice to make people wait, but at some point you can't. At some point you can't, right? But it's nice to have people kind of going, oh, you're the guy, you're the guy, and then they kind of drag you in. Uh, but I, I suspect the mayor might have a different opinion on that. Uh, no, I, I, I actually don't. Uh, let me just take off my Trump hat and put on my political expert hat. Uh, I don't know that it's a bad strategy to wait. That definitely and I will be and I, and I, in a horrible way on and I the don't internet. Think, no, and I, I, and I don't think that's the... So one of the reasons people would say that is if a month or so, two months ago, looked like he was ahead. Now it looks like DeSantis is behind. I don't think that has anything to do with DeSantis. I think it has to do with what they did to Trump. I think if, if, if they are trying to get him nominated, the Democrats, they did, I mean, they, they did him a real favor. I mean, uh, so he goes from being behind to being anywhere from five to 20 points ahead, 30 points ahead in, in many national polls. Uh, and I, I, so I, if I were DeSantis' campaign, I wouldn't look so much, I don't know there was much he could have done. So if he were appearing over the last uh, month on uh, shows and being interviewed, I don't think it would have changed anything. Because it, it's not a function of DeSantis, it's a function of Trump being in the minds of most Republicans, even the ones that don't support him, being unfairly treated. Um, and, and I, and I, I my objective really, and I, you know, I'm Trump's lawyer, he's been my friend for 34 years, and I'd love to see him be reelected. And the main reason is because he's already done it, and I, I know how difficult the presidency is. I don't know it from having done it, but I worked for Ronald Reagan, and I, I virtually lived in the Trump White House for two years as a lawyer. You never know, and I, I, I like DeSantis a lot. I appreciate him as an American. I appreciate him as a Republican. I don't think there's anything he said about him that isn't true in terms of his abilities as a governor, and maybe some advantages he would have as a candidate. Uh, but what I do know is I know exactly how Trump will react to the most difficult job that any American president is ever going to face, which is to take our government back from, it's already been delivered over to socialism, if not totalitarianism in many respects. It's inbred within the federal government. The deep state really exists. It is much, much worse than I ever thought. And when Trump became president, I told him how bad the federal government was. He probably didn't know as much as I knew how bad it was. It, I was telling him a fairy tale when I was telling him that. It is much worse than I thought. It's going to take a man of tremendous courage to do it. And he's going to have to start on day one. I have no reason to believe that Trump, that DeSantis can, can't do that. But I've seen people, once they get into office, into that office, not be able to do it. And honestly, nobody knows that answer. He could be a great governor, terrible president. Um, I don't say that he would be. If Trump isn't the nominee, I will support DeSantis. I probably will support any Republican over a, a Democrat. Uh, 
And I'll feel pretty comfortable that he has a good record as a governor, therefore he'll be a good president. But I won't be 100% sure that he'll be able to do all the things. Trump already did it. He delivered peace. He delivered one of our most prosperous eras uh, that we had. He delivered uh, uh, the best economy for minorities that they've ever had. Uh, he achieved a, a peaceful resolution, or it seemed to be, in the Middle East. There's no, there, I don't think there's anybody in this room that would doubt that Russia would not have invaded Ukraine if Trump were the president. Just wouldn't have happened. Just think of all those people that would be alive today if we hadn't made the mistake of electing Mr. Demented. I mean, we would... <laughs> no, well, just think of it. I mean, those people would be alive today. T today, he put out his Afghanistan report, and he blamed Afghanistan on Trump. Although Afghanistan is not necessarily a mistake because we left, it's a perfectly reasonable decision to leave. I think you could defend either decision, leave or stay. It's how we left. He handled how we left, right? Uh, Trump didn't make the decision to take out the troops before you take out the civilians. Now, I, do, I don't understand that. I, I will never understand that decision. There had to be somebody on his staff, even if he is demented, that would say to him, Mr. President, we usually do it the other way around. We leave the troops so the civilians can leave. And in a country that's dominated by terrorists, who these civilians have been fighting, you basically can get them all killed. I mean, only a... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if you're owned by China why you would do that. Except Gates saying that he always makes the wrong decision about foreign policy. It isn't he makes the wrong decision about foreign policy. In addition to being demented, before he was demented, he was profoundly stupid. And no, and he was put there because he's profoundly stupid, because he can be manipulated. So I, I don't know if, uh, um, I don't know if, 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 I can take my hat off, a Trump hat off and say, DeSant if, if I were running DeSantis' campaign, I'd wait this out. I wouldn't, I, there are times in which it doesn't make sense to try to fight the inevitable. This is too big for a candidate to take on. What's going on with Trump? It's going to resolve itself. You've got to have patience. And then that's the time for him to move forward if, if that's what he wants to do. Pat, at the end of the day, I guess I would say, who do you think can bring in more new voters? Who is, where can Trump go to find new votes? If we're to believe that the last election was legit, now Trump doesn't believe it was legit, but if we're all playing in the, sure, in the pool that the election was legit, yeah. we know that he got 75 million votes and Biden got 81 million votes right. despite the dementia and, and everything else, right? So if, we're, if we believe Let's that- Let's not forget the most popular president of all time is Joe Biden. I mean, we have to put the facts out <laughs> it's, there. it's incredible. 81 million votes, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the ice cream and all of it, of course, corn pop, everybody. Sure. Um, yeah, but you know what but, it would be? The question you're asking, I'll go to Adam. And yeah. here's why I'm going to Adam, because of what you said earlier. You know, we, we've spoken, you've spoken to Adam a couple times. You know where he's at politically. When Adam and I first met at an insurance conference years ago, I thought he was just a good-looking guy. I'm like, this is a good-looking guy going around trying to sell people insurance, right? Uh, and I said, hey, why don't you get on camera and do something, right? And then, boom. Next thing you know, he calls, hey, Pat, let's get together. I'd love to come and join the Value Team and Team. He flies from Miami to Addison. He's stay, staying with us for a couple of years. It's not been two and a half years. And I asked him, I said, so tell me politically where you stand. What do you think about Trump? What do you think about all these guys? And his opinions was very like, there's no way in the world, you know, Russia, all this other stuff. 
Adam, for yourself, two and a half years, three years, you've seen what's happened, okay? You're not the biggest Trump supporter. You got a guy that you got DeSantis here in Florida. How do you feel as an independent, you used to be a center left, you're maybe in the middle right now. How do you feel as a voter between Trump and DeSantis? Well, thank you. Um, well, number one, what a great looking crowd we got here. Just before I answer this, why don't you pander the crowd for a second? <laughs> great to see everybody here. Um, but um, I think Dave's absolutely right, because for me, it's all about upside. We know that Trump's upside is 50% at best. Did he ever reach above a 50% approval rating? Ever. He might have He might have at one point, but it's, it's actually moot okay. at this point. It's like, where are the new voters right. now? And um, if the Republican Party wants to get independence, because um, that's what it's all about. We, all, we say this all the time on the podcast. 45% of America's voting left, 45% of America's voting right. There's nothing you could do about it. Whether you're Bernie Sanders, whether you're Rudy Giuliani, they're going there. So you've got to figure out the 10%, where are they willing to go? And I think, um, so everyone has a tipping point with Trump, in my opinion. So whether it was, you know, for me, it was the whole, what are your thoughts about David Duke? He's like, I don't even know who David Duke is. He's like, he's the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't know who that is. There's, everyone has a tipping point. And I kind of want to find out when your tipping point was. But for me, if you ask me, like, Adam, what do you stand for? I'm just sick of Americans at each other's throat. Half my friends are Republicans. Half my friends are Democrats. And they're like, all my Republican friends are like, you're a freaking socialist, liberal, whack job. And all my liberal friends are like, you're a MAGA supporting, like, crazy person. I'm like, I'm just a cool dude that lives in Miami that has two cats. Like, can I just hang out with some chicks and hang out with my buddies? Like, no, you have to pick a side. It's like, I don't want to pick a side because I think both sides are kind of ridiculous right now. But he's trying point, to say DeSantis very slowly. Yes, you see well, what's happening here. Yes. Just for me, I think it's what president or what candidate. I know you said that DeSantis hasn't declared yet. You're not sure if he's going to run. He's going to run. No, you're not like top of the polls and decide to pull back. What candidate can get to a 60 percent approval rating? And I say this all the time. And what can Donald Trump do to get north of 50 percent? There's nothing that we've seen seen that can get us there. And I think there's something, to your credit, there's something about DeSantis, whether it's the youth, whether it's the, the way he handled COVID, whether what he's done in Florida, that there's something so attractive about the guy that even though he hasn't announced his candidacy yet, people are still clamoring for him. By the way, guys, don't forget, you know, Joe Rogan, who has a pretty popular podcast uh, and obviously knew that Biden was broken and this whole thing was fraudulent. He, Rogan didn't vote instead of saying I was going to vote for Trump, right? Mm -hmm. So he didn't want to take that risk, but he has since said that he would support DeSantis. Elon Musk, who is a lifetime Democrat, has now said that he would vote for DeSantis. So it shows you that something culturally beyond just the politics of who yeah. can change this vote and you know what do you think on that policy or what's going on with the trial, there's something else culturally going on here where some of the tastemakers are finally being like, boy, I, I thought that Republicans were supposed to be these mean, evil, scary people who only cared about money and war, but actually it's not the case. And DeSantis is modeling let me, that. Let me ask you a question. Um, what was the moment, because you were you know, supporter of Trump. You voted yeah. for Trump 16 and 20. No, not 16. not 16. I voted for Gary Johnson, the independent, 
really he because I was stoned when I was going the into the <laughs> voting booth. Yeah. Right. So you came around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't go Joe Jorgensen in 20. You, no. You wisened up. No, and I, oh, I, I was why, why not Joe? Um, Joe? No, because by that point, I really liked pre uh, President Trump, and I completely agree with Rudy. The things that he just laid out there. But, but, uh, but by the way, historically, you know, Joe Jorgensen is known as one of the greatest debaters of all time. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Did oh you see God. what happened to she her in my show? retirement after Wait, going on PBD podcast. See, oh, you did it to her too? Because you know what happened on my show? She goes through an hour of explaining everything. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm very sympathetic to libertarian ideas. And I, I voted for Gary Johnson. <laughs> and then she did the stupidest thing you can possibly do on a show like ours. She goes, so Dave, are you going to vote for me? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm voting for Trump. So she just walked, she just laid, and that was, and you can see the moment. It got clipped like a bill. Dave, you can what, see her die like slow motion, you know. Yeah. What no. was the, 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 the moment where you, cool shoes, by the way. Uh, Aldo, what 75 was, bucks, nothing. Save that yeah. money. Adam, this is the more important part than what you're talking about, because while we're having dinner, here's what we learned from Dave. I think it's very important to all the political strategists to pay attention to this part, because there may be a big clue here. They've pointed out that typically dog owners are Republicans. And he pointed out that cat owners are Democrats. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that Republicans got to think about is the next time DeSantis is doing an ad, he should pet a cat. To, to get so. some of the people to be like, hey, you're a Republican. You're a Republican. Meow! <laughs> you're a Republican. And then maybe you can convert some based on what... Dave, you pointed out tonight. Honestly, I thought it was a brilliant strategy. That's better political analysis than you're going to get on CNN tonight. Yeah. So, well, I, I will I will nominate my two cats for DeSantis's campaign rally. But what a what sweetheart was, you what are. What was the moment that you officially said, "All right, oh, Donald I, Trump, thank you for your service. I'm on the DeSantis train now." Oh, well, what was the moment? Well, that I was on the descent. Look again, I like Trump, so it's not. It's just from being here. I have well, seen it. You're about DeSantis now. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've seen it. I've seen what you all see in this state. Crime is not running rampant. Taxes are low. We have lowest all-time unemployment here. Our the biggest problem in Florida, and I asked DeSantis this on the show a couple of weeks ago. We have a housing price problem because 1,200 people move here a day. A million people in three years. It's it's roughly equivalent to the million that left California. So it's, it simply is a matter of seeing something functional and competent, and you are voting for DeSantis, my friend. It's as I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, yeah, there you so go. So are, are you basically saying that if Gavin Newsom was the nominee of the Democratic Party, there's no chance that you would support your old friend, Governor Gavin Newsom? Oh, God. This is where Dave gets triggered, by the way. I, I hate Gavin I did Newsom. That on purpose. I, I, I've never hated someone so much. I, I don't like. I don't like having the feeling of hate. I, I, I honestly, you know, people say they're a lizard people. I actually believe he's a lizard person. <laughs> like I, I fund I believe he is. A, he is a lizard wearing the skin, much like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Like he has created a human body out of human skin, and he's wearing Hello, it. Hello, Clarice. Yeah, yeah, lotion in the basket. He is an evil, evil freak, and I, I would just leave the country. Yeah, that's the, it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That would be it. That would be it for me. Okay, so let's, let's go to a different topic. I, I, I kind of want to talk... Can I just say something about that? Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I think you're being, uh, your analysis is naive. It's much too early to know how good a candidate DeSantis will be. Uh, he came out of the gate when they first thought about, uh, thought about him very strong. He lost that lead very easily. As a political, I mean, I ran for president. I've been involved in four presidential campaigns. 
the front runner usually loses the nomination. Y- usually. That's more often than wins it. And if I were analyzing DeSantis, I would say his initial lead was ephemeral, not solid, because it wouldn't have been lost that quickly with the indictment and the whole thing. And right now, he's substantially behind. And uh, there, are, there are other candidates as well. And their object, like you were wondering, why, why does uh, Vivek go after DeSantis and not Trump? Because he's got to get past DeSantis. DeSantis is in a position where the other Republicans will go after him before they will go after Trump. Uh, because in order to vie with Trump, they have to become DeSantis. Uh, and, and secondly, there's no price you pay in going after DeSantis. He's not an icon of 40% of the people. He's a good-looking guy. He's a very good voice. Yeah, but hey, nobody, hey. nobody loves him hey, yet. Mayor. Well, they don't hey. know him. They just know him in... Fo- the they don't raspy know voice? You don't like the raspy voice? <laughs> That's a sexy I voice. I was sent to Florida to help him win in, 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 uh, in 18 uh, because he was losing to Gillum. The guy that got him through was Trump. He got through on Trump's popularity. Oh, you're he, talking Newsom right now or DeSantis? I'm talking about DeSantis. Right oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was and talking Newsom. And he was Newsom. not a particularly yeah. good candidate. You were talking about... I'm talking New. I'm okay. still on like yeah, Newsom. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of a raspy no, voice. By the way, here's the other question. Here's the other... And I'm thinking yeah. he's talking Newsom. Here's yeah. the other question, though. For the Democratic side, okay, go a complete different angle. So you as a Republican, who do you want running to give you the highest chances of winning? Do you want it to be Biden or do you think Newsom stands a better chance? No, I think Newsom... Good looking, tall, well-spoken, goes to French Laundry. Frightening. You know, He's frightening. You I, think, think he, I think Newsom would be... It's hard to see. This is so ridiculous analyzing who's easier to beat because usually the person you think is easier to beat is the person who beats you. <laughs> uh, the examples like Reagan and Trump and there are probably others that I can think of. Uh, Right now, I would, I would, I'd worry about Biden because it's so co- damn corrupt. And um, for some reason, I mean, he's unpopular. His unpopularity is up around 56, 57 percent. It should be about 65 percent. I mean, he, there's still kind of an affection for him that's scary. I mean, he is a terrible president. But let's put everything aside. DeSantis, Trump, everything aside. He, he probably is the, definitely the worst president of my lifetime. Uh, he may be the worst president ever. I, I'm trying to think of a president that hurt this country more than him in a short period of time. Got people killed because of his incompetence, like Afghanistan. Those people would have competent. It wouldn't have just been Trump who would have said no to taking out the troops uh, uh, before the... Almost any sane person would do that. Uh, how about leaving uh, $45 billion worth of lethal arms behind at Pogrom... Airbase in a country dominated by terrorists who you know are going to use them to kill your, kill your own people, which they have done. That, that decision can only be made by a traitor or a madman. I mean, the guy has been a terrible president. But, but does there he is have something, your vote, Mr. Giuliani? That, no, does but there's something, there's something scary about him in being able, uh, the American people don't register that. They watch him. Uh, three weeks ago, he, he, uh, four weeks ago, he told the story about giving his uncle the Congressional Medal of Honor. Uh, his uncle didn't want it. Uh, and his father told him at his inauguration as vice president that his uncle had never gotten his medal. So he organized a big ceremony in the White House and gave him the medal. Now, here are the facts. His uncle never got the Congressional Medal of Honor. 
There's no evidence of it anywhere. His uncle was dead for five years before he was in the White House, and his father was dead for seven years before he was in the White House. <laughs> well, but no, no, he repeated the story after being told that a week later. So, about two months the ago. The guy's delusional. Do, do you remember about two months ago, out of nowhere, he was given a speech and he announced that he had cancer? And then literally everybody was like, he doesn't have cancer, that's just the dementia. It's like, that's, <laughs> that, that's the level that we're but at. He should at be this more point. unpopular. Yeah. There's something going on. I mean, he should be whatever, whatever he should have the highest, the highest disapproval ratings of any I, president. I want to I go to Tom. Tom, for you, We've been friends uh, for 15 years. You grew up, you lived in Florida, Boca, right around here. You grew up, you've lived in Connecticut, California. We've lived together in California, Texas, and Florida. We met in California. You've done very well in business, Silicon Valley. You've been professor at Biola, Pepperdine. You've done all this stuff. You're married. You've got two kids. Your daughter's about to go to school. Your wife is here with us. When you're looking at all the things that's going on right now, okay, for yourself, you got DeSantis. You got Newsom. You got Trump. I want you to speak from the paranoid side because you got a paranoid side as a business person because we have to be or else you'll go out of business. From the paranoid side, what's keeping you up at night saying this is my concern. If X, Y, Z happens, we could be in the same situation as we were two and a half years ago. What are you thinking? Well, I feel like I'm watching, you know, Japanese kabuki theater play out, you know, with the media and the things that they're they're. They're, they're bouncing right now. It says, you know, I look at it and I say, wow, isn't it sort of coincidental that a very well-versed research group drops 500 pages of oppo research on the very day that the indictment is finally dropped by a man convinced by the Democratic Party to become a kamikaze pilot, which is brag. And I think that's basically what's happened to his job. I think he's just basically taking one for the team. They promised him a book deal, and that's what's going to be right. You're going to be out of office. You get a book deal, just like the uh, press secretaries do. Or you'll get a show on MSNBC. You're all going to be good. I look at it, and I say, wait a minute. What's going on that we see here, down below here, this is a pretty skillful game that's being played. And it bothers me. And what it bothers me is that we've lost the ability to rationally debate one another over core issues, but protect the soil that we're standing on that allows us to have free speech and have that debate. You know, that's my concern. And what keeps me up at night is like, you know, you're arguing on a podium that may be on fire and you're both going to fall through if you follow the, the metaphor. Of course. And I'm like, you know, be careful what you wish for. And I, I had... You know, I've had a lot of liberal friends in California. We got along well. We worked at the same companies. You know, for five years, you know, I had, you know, a, you know, a gay boss. I didn't care, you know, was he a good boss or not? And we all got along. There was no animus on, oh, you're this, you're this. There wasn't like this dividing line. Like, I feel like today if I had that, if I flipped back the clock to be 30 years old again and had the same situation, would there be this different vibe that's going on between people? And I think there would be, and I think it's terrible. And what keeps me up at night is that I look at my girls and I say, what platform is there going to be tomorrow to have rational discussions about peop with people about things that matter? And I think we need to have like a strong leader rise up 
to be the president who can basically pull people together, but do it from a period of from a, a position of strength, from a position of poise, from a position of leadership. I mean, you, one of the greatest you know um, compliments people gave Reagan, and I go back on this, is when they said other countries. Remember when they said he's crazy? What that meant was that they were a little afraid of him, and that little afraid became respect. Because, you know what, it's not that he might push the button and blow up the whole world with nukes, but he was willing to take, you know, Kaiser Sose move, the one move that the other guy wouldn't. And it kind of keeps things in balance with strong leadership. So what keeps me up is waiting for strong leadership to emerge and waiting for America to come back. Do you think there's a chance that Biden or Newsom gets uh, uh, in the White House in 2024? Like, is there a, a concern that one of those two could be in the White House in 2024? Yeah, I, my concern is that what they're doing here is inflaming a wing of the GOP to give Trump enough juice to win the primary because I think that they are scared spitless of a moderate candidate with potential like DeSantis. Got it. I think they're terrified of that. How many of you guys feel that way, by the way? How many of you guys feel the way he's saying right now? Really? Really? Okay, very. By the way, just out of curiosity, how many of you guys don't have that concern? Make some noise if you're not. So more have that concern. So on the same sentiments as you. Interesting.